Welcome back, listeners. We have an awesome show this week. I'm really excited, and I know that you will be too. Today, we have an exclusive interview with Jay Chapman, who was drafted by the Braves, played for the Braves organization all the way up, played for the Cubs, and many other organizations like the Brewers, Rangers, and Tampa Bay Braves. So I'm really excited about this interview. Hope you guys are too. If you could, go on Apple and give a five-star rating and a review and subscribe and everything on all, wherever you get your podcast. So it really helped me out. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I do. Hello Braves fans, if you're like me, you have more than one hobby. You Maybe Braves is not the only thing you're into, which is totally fine because a lot of us have multiple hobbies. Well, I wanted to take a moment to let you know of another great entertainment podcast called the Above Average Joe Show. Joe sits down and talks to his friends that have worked in film and includes stunt performers, actors, actors doubles, casting agents, and more. They play games, tell stories, and give you some behind-the-scenes info about some of your favorite movies and television shows. It's a fun podcast I know you'll want to check out, after my podcast is over, of course. So, if you'd like to check this podcast out, you can find it on all your favorite platforms, from Apple to Spotify to all the big ones. Give it a listen when you're done with this show. All right, thanks so much, Jay, for coming on to the show. Uh, I'm really excited that you came on, and I'm truly, it's an honor that you would take time out of your day to be on the show. And I know the listeners are excited too, so thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Sam. Like I said, we kind of got our first taste of, uh, you know, a little bit of dialogue or discourse when we were on the ESPN the radio. And, and I really admire and enjoy a lot about what you do as far as the analytics and sort of that side of it. I think it's very fascinating. So. I'm excited to be on. I appreciate you taking your time and, you know, your listeners at least value uh, some of our time together. Hopefully it'll be a, a, an enjoyable experience. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. So um, let's jump into some questions. Uh, the first one's actually from a listener that asked. So the first one was, at what point growing up did you know you wanted to be a pitcher versus being a position player? Was it a decision you made yourself? Or did a coach or someone guide you that way? Yeah, that's a really good question. And thank you for that question. You know, I always played uh, uh, shortstop, obviously, growing up when I was uh, pitching as well. So I pitched and played shortstop. And I really enjoyed playing shortstop. And I actually did that up until my senior year. Uh, but, you know, it kind of it happened on its own in the sense that I didn't really have some of the tools that that you would that they would probably consider to be valuable you know everybody's heard of a five tool player right so they have the power and the hyper average and speed and so you know i was pretty quick and i could hit a little bit but i didn't have near enough you know i couldn't hit for power really and so it just became obvious around my junior year um that my fastball started to become harder and harder and it kind of became obvious okay like if you're gonna kind of go to the next level you're gonna just you have to pitch you know because you know, again, I just didn't have the other uh, tools to get to do what it 
what those guys do on that level anyway. So, but my fastball and my ability to locate the ball uh, really separated me for some other people as far as the pitching went. So that's kind of, it kind of just worked its own self out really. Oh, okay. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, every now and then I just kind of realized, Hey, I really enjoy playing a position, but you know, yeah, at the end of the day, I just wasn't good enough to do it. Like you see bias and some of these guys, I mean, they're unbelievable. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, just at the high school level, I would have loved to play shortstop, but Dave beat me out every year, so. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah, that's exactly right. Cool, man. So, uh, when did you truly know that you had the talent to make it to the major league level? Yeah, and so that's a really, another really good question. And, th and this actually just kind of goes, uh, there's a little bit of it actually of a backstory. Uh, which is, I, I think, hopefully it'll be cool. Hopefully they'll enjoy hearing this. But oh, yeah. so I, I had, uh, you know, I threw fairly hard, you know, coming out of high school, I was up to 94 and was up to 95 quite a bit at Chipotle. And back in the day, you know, we're talking about 2005, you know, I mean, that was on the big old school stalkers. I mean, that, I mean that's a pretty good heater. You know I mean? That's a pretty good slider and I could throw enough strikes, right? And so, um, you know, I was 07, you know, six or seven and 08, I was actually getting hit a little bit in pro ball. But I thought, man, my stuff is, you know, what I was seeing on TV, I didn't think was anything crazy that I, that I, above what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I asked my pitching coach who had been to the big leagues, I said, is my stuff good enough to get major league hitters out? This was in 09. And you can go look at my career. I mean, this literally changed my career. Uh, and he said, Yes. And I said, why can I not get low A hitters out then? If my stuff's good enough to get big leaguers out, why can't I get low A hitters out? And then he's like, are you really ready for the answer? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you just, you give zero thought to pitchability. You're not locating, you're not doing, you know, you're always behind in counts and, you know, and all that stuff that it takes to be a big leaguer as far as understanding how to pitch and all that other stuff. It's much more than just about having the stuff. You know, and so when he started educating me on that stuff, and I think a lot of it was my willingness or my frustration to say, hey, listen, why, why is this not working? I, you know, I, I'm throwing 95. I, I don't understand why I can't get people out. And so the, you know, for me questioning to him, it was a huge moment. And so from that point forward, we started working towards how could I get out on a major level? You know, and so that, that's kind of how that story went. You know, I started making good pitches. I started valuing fastballs down away. I started valuing getting ahead in the count. I started valuing throwing break balls behind in the count, four strikes to get back even in counts. You know, all the stuff it takes to, to become a big leaguer, it really came to the forefront of my mind as opposed to just so hard, you know. Right. And so that was, you know, three, three years of that, you know, of me just trying to throw as hard as I could. So it's a great question, and that's exactly how it went. I, I was so frustrated that I thought I, could, I had the stuff, but couldn't figure out why I couldn't get anybody out. That was deep. Yeah. Sure a lot of people could learn from that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that's literally exactly what happened. So that's great. So uh, I, I know I've asked this before, but I want to ask again for the listeners. Uh, but can you explain what it was like being drafted? What was going on in your head? Yeah. And then uh, this is an unbelievable moment. You know, I, uh, Kind of going into that draft, I was a young senior, and I, uh, I was not super projectable. You know, I was six foot and weighed about 165, 170 pounds in high school. But, I threw, again, 
two fairly hard 94 at times. Uh, but I, and I had signed with the University of Alabama. And so I, you know, and we've talked about this, you know, back in my day, they had draft and follows, uh, you know, and that's where your team drafts you and then retains your rights through that next year up until a week before the next year's draft. If you don't sign by then, uh, you obviously re-enter the draft pool. Now they don't have that anymore. So I actually pitched um, for, you know, through the course of my senior year and, and you know, Al Getz with the Braves was, you know, kind of talking to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, he kind of told me, he said, listen, we don't think you're, you know, you're 17, you just, you're not super projectable. We just don't think you're ready to sign right now. But if we draft you in the top 15 rounds, would you consider going to a junior college for a year, uh, becoming a draft and follow, and, you know, we'll retain your rights and then <clears throat> sign you, you know, obviously providing things go well there. And so I said, of course, you know, and so uh, the Braves were my favorite team growing up. I just couldn't imagine. I was so elated that he would even say that. And so then that day comes and I'm listening to the draft and 2005 and, um, you know, 15th round goes through and I was like, man, my name didn't call it. I was like, ah, oh, it's <laughs> crazy. And then the 16th round, uh, you know, and I knew I was probably going to go from 12 to 15. That's what they were saying as far as <clears throat> draft and follows. Were, that's pretty where they're what they call priority draft and follow. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they took draft and follows in 30th, 40th round, you know, anyways, I, I figured I'd go somewhere from 12 to 15 and, and then the 577th pick, I think, you know, and then in the 16th round, they called my name and I just was, I was freaking out, man. I just couldn't believe it. And it was just such a dream come true. I was to get, you know, call my buddies, tell them I got drafted. I mean, it's just, my family was there with me. It was just a really cool moment, you know. That's really cool. I mean, that, that makes me think of, I'm really glad that the NFL this past year kind of saw the kids in their homes with their families during yeah. the draft because I can't imagine what that moment is like for for a person themselves as well as their family, I'm sure it was unbelievable. And it's yeah, a lot of times your side yeah. of it. Well, I appreciate it. A lot of times it is, like you said, it's a collective effort, you know. Uh, again, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit in the future <laughs> as far as this episode goes, but, you know, being a, you know coaching Little League Baseball now, some myself, you kind of see what the parents put forward, and it's a lot of effort, you know. So it's – you know, you didn't, you know, a lot of people, especially myself, didn't get where, where I was or get, get to that, you know, have that opportunity just by my own court, right? And so mm -hmm. having my family there with me, they're so instrumental in my upbringing and taking me to all these places to play, you know, all that stuff. So it was, you're right. It was, a, it, was a, it was very nice to be there with them and, and share that moment with them. That's really cool. So what was it like in the Brave system uh, as far as going through the minors? Do you have any – Thing that you wanted to point out, any cool stories, or were there any cool players or players that we might know that you ran? Oh yeah, man, I played with all the Braves, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, I was there for seven years, you know, and I went from rookie ball to AAA. Was on their major league roster for a couple of years. I think you know that before I got traded, but I mean, that was as far as the lion's share of my minor league time and all of my upbringing uh, was in the Braves organization, and it was as first class as it could be. You know, they used to have you know the saying, "The Braves way." You know, and they did things very professional manner, and they expected a lot out of you, which I think was, uh, which I think was was a good thing. You know, looking back, they were pretty demanding, but at the same time, I think it's a good thing because if you look at the way that a lot of teams sometimes they structure their minor league um, systems, you know, hey, people, a lot of people don't understand is age is a huge commodity in baseball. Mm -hmm. Your age is a lot of value on your the the 
your numerical age. If you're 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, you know, the older you get, the less valuable you are. I know that sounds terrible to say that, but it's just a, it just is a thing, right? And so the Braves pushed their guys, you know, and I, and I, and I really could not be more um, complimentary of that because, you know, I got to AAA as a very young guy, 23 years old, was on AAA, and it gives you an opportunity. Sometimes they foster, you know, people, and they, they take them one level at a time, and by the time they're 24, 25, 26, they're just not getting AAA, and then they're, you know, again, it's, they're just, you know, the, it was incredible organization. They did everything, in my opinion, right. And the cool players. I mean, I started live with Kimbrell, Venters, you know, obviously played with Freeman and Hayward and uh, Ingleton Simmons and, you know, uh, yeah, all those guys back in that era. Uh, you know, I mean, I was with them at some level or another coming up. And so uh, and it's really cool to kind of <clears throat> see their careers and still be, still be close friends with some of them, friends at a distance with others. But, you know, I still keep in touch with Hayward some and Kimbrough, obviously. And it's just really cool to see, you know, I, I think back to 28, 2008 and 2009, and, you know, we're all together and high A and low A. And then obviously Freeman and Hayward and Kimbrough, they kind of, once we got the double A, they just hit the accelerator. I mean, they were up and gone. Uh, but to see that their careers, I mean, to see, you know, Freddie's, I mean, to me, he's one of the most underrated hitters in the big leagues. I mean, he's unbelievable. And then you see Hayward sign a humongous deal, $184 million deal. And then you see Kimbrell, fastest major league player ever to 300 saves. You know, all that stuff is, is just incredible to see, man. And just to think back when we were kids and, you know, playing together in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I mean, who would have thought, you know? That's really neat. It's really, yeah. really cool. So. so you said earlier that you got traded. What was it like? Was that during the trade deadline or the offseason? No, it was at the trade deadline. As a matter of fact, it literally oh. was the, the trade deadline. And so it's, it's actually really funny the way it happened. Uh, it was July 31st, you know, where there was the deadline. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, a situation had come up that night. I was in Gwinnett, which, and I was on the major league roster with the Braves. I was on the 40, man. I was in Gwinnett. And a situation had come up that night. Uh, in which I would usually pitch. You know, I kind of did had some setup. I think I had like seven or ten saves a year. I can't remember, but uh, I think I had, you know, like 20 holds or whatever it is. So I usually, I usually pitch the eighth inning. That's kind of what I did. And a situation came up that night in which I would usually pitch, and I didn't. And I was thinking, man, that's kind of fun. It's odd, you know. And then I, and then, then the normal closer, the husband's name is Corey Guerin, who's had an amazing career as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, unbelievable career from the Giants, with a bunch of different teams. Uh, A's, Rangers, whatever. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> I was with the Giants for a long time. But he usually closed and he didn't. So neither one of us pitched. And we were both kind of thinking, man, that's just a weird, you know, just weird, you know. And so we figured something was up. And then Garen was obviously in the bullpen, you know, while, while, while I wasn't pitching. And then when his number didn't get called, he said, something's going on. You know, we're going, he, he's like, I think we're going to the big league. That's what he said. And I was like, right. Man, that would be awesome. <laughs> be right. So awesome. Uh, but ended up, uh, we get back, and then uh, they call us in the office. And uh, sure enough, Garen actually was going to the big leagues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, and I was, uh, I had been traded. So Aroldis Vizcaino was in the big leagues, and Garen was going up to take his spot. And then me and Aroldis Vizcaino were going over to the Cubs. And um, and that's kind of how I found out. It was just pretty, pretty much uh, matter of fact, and they just said, "Hey, listen, this is what what's going on here. You know, you're playing plane tickets booked, and you're off at nine a.m. in the morning. You're headed to AAA. You'll be obviously be on the Cubs major league roster, and and uh, good luck." And I said, "Well, okay, thanks." 
Oh, I can't imagine. Talk about uh, life changing. Yeah. Um, so when you finally did pitch officially in a regular season major league game, mm-hmm. how nerve wracking was that? Man, and you know, a lot of people, you, you tell people this stuff and they don't really believe you, but it, I'm telling you, I promise you, Sam, I was uh, as scared as I could be. I mean, as uh, scared as I could be. As a matter of fact, I was usually really diligent and I was usually, uh, I did a lot of preparing before I pitched. I mean, it's just kind of the way that I like to be, um, you know, I want to be in control of the situation. I want to know this and that. And, and I'd already had a habit of understanding who was hitting and kind of how I want to start them off. And I did a lot of my pre, pre-inning or pre-game work. You know, so let's say if I was going to pitch the eighth, I was warming up in the seventh. Uh, I would want to know, hey, who's hitting and I, I'm, how I want to start this inning off, right? I was so nervous when they called my name that, you know, we had a, obviously the bullpen coach. So his name's Lester Strode, great guy, was a bullpen coach from Chicago for a very long time. But he's, I guess he told me he was hitting. I don't even remember. I don't remember. I just know when I got out to the mound and I'm throwing my warm up pitches, <clears throat> I heard them announce over the loudspeaker we were in Washington and I heard them announce, you know, now hitting Ryan Zimmerman. And I was thinking, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did I miss that? You know, like, I just, I was so, I just didn't even hear it. I mean, it's just, there's so much, the emotions are, are, are it's, it's hard to even explain, you know, but I was, my initial reaction when the phone rang and they said, hey, Chapman, you know, you're, you're going in, you know, you get up, you're going in, uh, was, I was just so scared. I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to pitch. <laughs> so scared, I mean, you just, it's hard to say that, but I mean, you can really feel the bigness of the stadium and the, you know, it's just, it's something different, man. It's crazy. But I was scared, 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 scared. But anyways, when you go out there, you just, you just focus. And, you, you know, once you get out there and get going, it's, it's all right, you know. Mm. But up until that point, I was really nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't imagine. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So on the show, like we've talked about uh, ESPN, I like to dig into the quote unquote advanced metrics. As most of us know, these are just numbers. Players are real people making those stats happen. Mm-hmm. And in your experience, how do players feel about saber metrics? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, in Sam, it's, it's as you would. You know, some if, if the numbers or the sabermetrics favor your repertoire, then you like them. And if they don't, then you don't like them, right? <laughs> right. So that's, yeah, but you know how that works, right? So let's say that you have a really high spin rate or, you know, like, again, your breaking ball does X on the, you know, again, on the track, man, you know, and it kind of gives you that sort of breakdown, you know, and, and you're one of the best, you know, then, uh, then you're going to like it, you know. Uh, th- the only thing that, that the players really, you know, that I kind of, you know, when I was at the tail end of it, you know, right when of my career, when we were really getting in, I was with the Rangers, we're really getting into that, the uh, you know, the spin ratios and, I'm sorry, spin rates and, you know, um, all of these other kind of metrics that your repertoire provides. Um, they can kind of spit out projected ERAs and all this stuff, you know, and and uh, against league average. I know they measured a lot of it against league average and stuff like that, you know, but, it, you know, the only thing that I would say is, is that some of the older dogs, you know, like the old guys, um, you know, they just, they just, and I'm not saying that, that the, the sabermetrics people, uh, you know, or the analytics, the analytics department does this on purpose, 
but they can kind of devalue um, the heart and gut of that person. You know, like I said, you know, hey, listen, this guy might have a, uh, his the spin rate on his break ball might be 3,000, but when it's 2-2 two, two, tying run on third, you know, he might not get the job, you know, that you, and you just can't, it really can't measure that. And so sometimes I think when players feel that that gets overshadowed, there's a bit of uh, resentment. But, uh, you know, the most um, appropriate thing in my view to do was to take it, take the information for what it was. You know, if the information can help, and luckily, you know, I think that we've talked about this, I checked out fairly well on some of the, the, uh, the uh, um, track man, analytics, you know, so my, I think my spin rate fastball was running runner 2,500 and my break ball was right around 2,600 or something like that. So I mean, it was okay, you know, and, um, but you use the information. The Astros have done a wonderful job of using the data to shape people's approach, right? So high spin rate guys throw the ball up in the zone instead of down, right? Throw the breaking ball off, the, you know, and so, you know, if you use it for what it's worth, I think it's invaluable information, but the only the only little bit of um, uh, resentment there is when we feel like sometimes that it overshadowed your uh, your competitiveness or your competitive drive or what you know we would call your toughness, uh, your ability to get the job done sort of deal. When we felt like it overshadowed that, then uh, you know there was a bit of resentment. Just yeah, as you can kind of imagine. Right, that totally uh, makes sense. I totally get that. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I find myself when I'm analyzing the statistics, you, you kind of have to sit back and be like, well, first of all, these guys have the talent to be in on a major league roster in the first place. <laughs> yeah. But second of all, there are things that it doesn't measure. Like, for example, everybody loves Charlie Culberson. You know, mm -hmm. he doesn't grade very well. Right. But at the same time, in 2018 – Four out of his eight home runs at the time, when he hit his fourth one, were walk-offs. Right. And analytics don't show that. Right. They, they don't factor that in. For the yeah, most and one of the words I would use is is they don't really provide, which is fine, and I understand that, but they provide a lot of tangible things, but they can't provide some of those intangibles, like you said, some of the knack for the big moments, or, you know, and and, and that's that human element, which still makes sports amazing. Right. right. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, Sam, I know that you know this and your listeners will value this, but, you know, there's guys, you know, um, who don't check out great, you know, uh, you think of Claudio, you know, the lefties with the Brewers now was with the Rangers. I mean, he didn't check out well on anything, mm -hmm. but the guy gives a soft toss and lefty with a little breaking ball. Yeah. But he throws from different arm slots. He just gets it done. He gets outs, mm -hmm. you know, big outs. You know what I mean? We're talking seventh, eighth inning. You know, tie one run game. I mean, and this guy's out there laying it on the line and getting outs, man. And, and there's and there's something to be said for that. And so, uh, you know, it's, you know, again, but you know, but, you know, I will say that to say that it's it's not negligible. The information that provides is, is important. You know, so mm -hmm. that was really that was really good analysis. I appreciate that. that was really good. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, can you share? with uh some of the things that you're up to these days yeah i do uh i came back home and i do uh i i do financial planning now uh with edward jones and and the reason i uh, you know i kind of got into that uh 
space, if you will, is, you know, I had an opportunity to get back into professional baseball on a coaching level or on a scouting uh, department or whatever it is. But again, Sam, and I'm not saying that's not for everyone. I mean, it, you know, I, baseball is my heart. Uh, I love it. It's part of my life for a long time. I was going to my 13th professional season when my arm broke. Uh, it's been a part of my life forever. I have a lot of good connections in the game. I still do. I still talk to people all the time uh, that are in the game and, and coaches and scouts and, 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 you know, all that good stuff. But it's just it – is, it is a grind that I had been doing since I was 18. I did not want to continue doing as far as time on the road, you know. I mean, we're talking 10 months on the road. Uh, you know, I kind of wanted to get back to Panama City, which is the place that's very near and dear to my heart. My family's here. And you got to think about it, Sam. I kind of left when I was 17. And uh, I saw my birthday's May 22nd. And I hadn't had a birthday in Panama City for 13 years. Wow. <laughs> you know, so I wanted to kind of come back to Panama City and, and you know, and and be with my family. Missed a lot of time with my family. And, and so anyways, that's, you know, and this is, you know, I've always kind of been passionate about you know, helping people in one, one, way, one, one way or the other. And uh, this seems to be an area in which I can help people as well. You know, saving investments, all that good stuff. And so that's kind of how I got into that. A lot of people don't understand, well, how'd you get into that one? It's also something that I was sort of passionate about. I've always done investments and stuff, even my own self when I was playing. But anyways, so that's what I do now. And then, you know, obviously I've talked to you. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I just finished up coaching for the last three years. Uh, a little league team here. It was called the Bay County Cubs. And we just went to Pigeon Forward, did the Ripken experience. It was amazing. It's so fun to see 10, 11, 12 year olds and watch them develop over time. And, and uh, you know, it's fun to be a part of that sort of maturation for them. And then, you know, like I said, I'll call you Candler and I are very good friends. Um, you know, same with Hudson and Star and, you know, all the coaches around here. You know, I try and go help them when I can at Mosley, Bay, or Rutherford, or, you know, again, with Candler at Gulf Coast, and and uh, and I love being a part of being part of the community and the baseball community here. So that's what I'm doing now, and I'm sorry if this is a little long-winded, but that's kind of what I'm doing. That's awesome, and I'm sure a lot of us in Panama City really appreciate what you're doing. So thanks for thanks for for giving back to the community. We really appreciate it from Panama City and as members from Panama City and abroad. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it, Sam. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Uh, I know that uh, I have a, I guess you could say it's my wife's cousin's son. Uh, he's he's about seven years old and he's really getting into baseball and he's really getting into pitching. And she was talking about how, uh, his mom was talking about how you are, um, you're known for helping people around town with the development of their pitching and stuff like that and and uh and I think I just think that's really cool well I appreciate it man and, and I you know same with this uh you know we kind of set off the air or whatever you want to call it you've said a couple times but hey man I appreciate you <clears throat> giving your time and coming on but I mean I really enjoy doing it man I mean I really do I really enjoy you know anytime that uh I can help in any sort of way with anything I try to I think it's just good policy as a person uh you know but uh and it's something I really enjoy doing. You know, there's a lot of information that I've gained via playing or being just around baseball that I don't have a license on any of it. You know, I want to share all of it. You know what I mean? And if it helps one person, then that's fine with me. You know what I mean? So. That's awesome. Thank you, man. So, Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a blast. Uh, I've always enjoyed any time I've heard you on the radio 
or whenever you give insight on the world of baseball. Um, honestly, if you ever decide to, I think you should be uh, some type of announcer. You kind of got that persona, I think. You do a great job on the radio whenever you're on. And uh, this, again, this was truly an honor to have you on the show. And uh, I really, really do appreciate it. Dude, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you saying that <clears throat> those kind of words. And, you know, as I've told you off the air, man, anytime that you want uh, me to come on or if there's some sort of particular situation that happens that you think, oh, I wonder what Jay would think about that or, you know, whatever, just give me a buzz and, and we'll, we'll we'll chat it up and see if I can't, uh, you know, I guess give some of my insight for whatever that's worth. But anyways, I appreciate you having me on, man. I've had a blast as well. Thank you so much. Man. What a cool interview. Jay was such a nice guy. Uh, he is such a nice guy. So if you ever need any th financial advice, please look him up. Super smart guy. Super nice guy. But, uh, man, I, I had such a blast talking to him. And I hope that you guys enjoyed the interview, too. It was so much fun to be able to talk to him about that kind of stuff. And uh, I've had the chance to talk to him some in the past. And He's really knowledgeable about what he's talking about, and he really is. He's not lying when he says he's about giving back to the community. And so, Jay, again, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you so much for what you do here in Bay County. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the community, what you do around here. So thank you so much. Keep up the good work, and uh, best of luck to you and your financial advising and, and, uh, and the teams that you coach and everything else that you're involved in. I know that if you're involved, then things will be successful. Man, what an episode. I'm still on cloud nine for being able to get him to come on the show. So much fun. So if you guys could do me a favor, go on Apple or wherever you get your podcast, give me a five-star rating and review to help the show to get more uh, vision out there. I'd really appreciate it. You can find us on all the socials. We're now on YouTube now, so if you want to find episodes on YouTube or on YouTube now, and I have another announcement. We have another awesome interview next week. You may know him from Twitter, Chop on Corey. He's a Twitter influencer in the Braves community. He has a lot of good things to say about the Braves, but also about his personal life. You're not going to want to miss that interview. I can't wait. All right, and at the time of this recording, if the Braves win tonight, they clinch the division. So, hopefully when you hear this, they're the division champs. Go Braves.